0: Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, in studio
2: for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Demon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, making everything go. Your boy, Q. Like I said, going to hold it down for the next couple hours. Got a lot of good stuff to bring to you as we do on the daily. Have some good guests to get to. We're officially turning the page from what we saw last week against the Kansas City Chiefs to now the Cleveland Browns as the Raiders get ready to take off and uh, head to Cleveland. It's going to be some ugly weather, but uh, they're going to be out there. They're not going to have all their guys. As uh, Rich Passaccia earlier today told us that uh, Darren Waller, he's officially out. Trayvon Mullen, he's officially out. And... Who else is officially out? I almost forgot. <laughs> Actually, I did forget. Trayvon Mullen. Oh, Denzel Perriman. Uh, yeah, Denzel Perriman. How could I forget that? Because that is a big deal. Uh, yeah, so Waller out again, Trayvon Mullen out again, and and Denzel Perryman. And Perriman is a big deal. I mean, that's a really big deal. The linebacking position, uh, position man, he's the guy that's leading the team in tackles. He just he really gets them all lined up. And I know that there's times where he's a liability in, in, in coverage, but he gets that team lined up he kind of gets him going he, he sets the tone sometimes with just the the way that he hits somebody you know and so I mean that's just a, a big loss right there none of those guys practice all week long so you kind of saw the writing on the wall and then for Trayvon Mullen man I really feel bad for him he's been out for so long he was out from week four until last week with a toe injury and then gets injured last week the same toe injury and boom he's out this week so uh, he just can't get can't get healthy and that's that's unfortunate for him and and you know it's that it's the end of the year it gets cold out and i mean it's just it's injuries are one of those things man it's hard to overcome and then darren waller's injury you just really don't know is one of those things that we talked about quite a bit when he first happened when he hurt himself on thanksgiving against the cowboys and oh it's a week-to-week thing you thought maybe he'll be back next week okay maybe he'll miss one week and then he'll be back the second week but you just with the, the kind of injury that he's got you just really don't know so it's unfortunate
3: yeah, and also, um, excuse me, Rich Basachi. He was asked earlier today, where it's just like, oh, do you th- what's wh- what's happened with Waller's injury? And it is, it's just week to week to where you just don't know. Why didn't you put him on less, the short term IR? Right. Because I do think that the team is hopeful that these guys are going to be able to come back, but mm-hmm. these are just nagging injuries that that I just don't think that one day they're going to wake up and magically feel better.
2: Right, exactly. You know, one of the things that he said today when he was talking about Darren Waller's injury, because Tashawn Reed from The Athletic actually asked that question about the short-term IR and if they really uh, think that there's a chance that he's going to come back sooner rather than later. And and it was really, Rich Passaccia said the day he felt the best was the day immediately after the injury. You know, and so it's actually, it was one of those things where it's, it's kind of gotten worse as he's, tried to progress from the injury, you know, as he tries to do more and more and tries to put more strain on, on that, uh, that knee, that's when he's starting to get more pain and that's on the treadmill and everything like that. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that if he doesn't feel right, you can't make him go because you just know that how, how important he is, uh, to the offense. But at the same time, you wish he was out there. You wish all those guys were out there, but Mullen out, uh, Denzel Perryman out. And of course, Darren Waller officially out for Saturday's game against the Cleveland Browns, and of course, Cleveland's still dealing with a bunch of COVID nineteen issues. The NFL they have kind of switched up their protocols. They put out a protocol that was one of those effective immediately things. As a matter of fact, while uh, while Rich Basachi was talking to us, he had said that he hadn't even have a chance to go over. He didn't even get to go over the memo yet. That
3: was funny because he was just one of those, like, once I found out what they are, I'll start following. <laughs> right, right,
2: exactly. I mean, it's and, and look, a lot of it is is really not a big deal. A lot of it is stuff that they've already done uh, in the past Where it comes to everyone wears a mask, regardless of uh, vaccination status or not. Everyone tries to social distance and meetings have tried to conduct meetings outside. I mean, there's it's basically a lot of the stuff that they were doing last season. So it's not a really big deal. The one element, and I had someone hit me up on Twitter and said, well, what does this mean for Saturday? And Basically, the only thing that I saw in that memo, and it didn't say what the restrictions were gonna be, but they were adjusting the restrictions as far as what you have to do once you've been hit on the COVID-19 list, like so many across the NFL are not just the Cleveland Browns, but so many across the NFL. I think there's over a hundred and something people, hundred and something players and coaches that are on the COVID-19 list right now. So I mean that's just a massive amount. So what I had read a couple of days ago was that the NFL and the NFL PA was trying to push that instead of having to have two a negative test in a 24-hour period you only have to have one and so that's going to allow more players to come back quicker so my my gut feeling tells me that the browns will get some of the players back because they have like 19 or 20 guys including the coach on their list, so I'm assuming that they're gonna get some of those guys back, but don't hold me to it because it's not in, in concrete yet. Yeah,
3: that that ruling, that, I feel like that's for the sake of the game type of ruling. Like, I feel like the it's NFL sp-
2: wants to for put all the, best the games, product. yes, exactly. For all the games, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when, when I say the Brent, game, I mean like yeah. the league, you know, right. for the love of the game, but, yeah, <laughs> like hey, they don't want to miss games, exactly. They don't want to have to move any games because, as we were talking about last uh, yesterday, matter of fact, with Steve Weiss, who I actually ran into today at the uh, at, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, he was outside of there, and it's funny, he was out there filming, you know, talking and talking to the at practice, knowing he's on his way to Cleveland to, uh, you know, to cover the game. But it was kind of cool to catch up with him after him being on the show as a guest yesterday. But uh, it, it's just it's it's interesting because they don't have any wiggle room. You know, what I mean, if they only had 16 games, they would have had a week that they could have, okay, well, maybe these games could postpone here. They don't have that now. Every week is already locked in. You've got the playoffs. You've got the Pro Bowl. You've got the Super Bowl. Everything's locked. There ain't no moving things around at this point. And it's too
3: late in the season to try to, like, oh, we can play on Wednesday. Right. Like, no, no, nobody ain't trying to do that now.
2: It's just not going to happen. So the NFL is going to do everything that they can to make sure that these games get played. Let's make no mistake about it. Any kind of changes or tweaks to the rules that they're going to make is for the benefit of the NFL. Bottom line. Let's not make any mistake about it. That's exactly what it's about. They're trying to make sure that all these games get played because they don't have any wiggle room if it weren't to get played. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But like I said, my gut feeling tells me uh, there'll be a handful of the Browns, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe Kevin Stefanski. Who knows who's going to be able to make it back. But right now, the offensive line for the Browns, it's got like three guys, three starters that are on the COVID-19 list. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. They've got a lot of guys. They got guys defensively. They got guys offensively. Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, obviously is a huge name as well. Uh, so there's a lot to to kind of unpack in between now and kickoff on Saturday. By but those they've got numbers, a lot. that's
3: almost fifty percent of their offensive starters. That right. If I can't do the percent, I'm not math wasn't my strong suit. Right. But that's almost fifty percent of their offensive starters that are going to be tech almost at this point missing the game.
2: Right. Exactly. And the thing is, and Vinny pointed to this out yesterday. Vinny Bonsignor from in the Huddle right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. He pointed it out yesterday. Forty six players. As long as you got 46 players, you could play. That's practice squad, guys. That's whatever you got to do. If you have 46 players, the game goes on regardless. So uh, the NFL is going to try to get as many of the guys out there as possible, and they're going to try to get them through the protocol as much as possible. Oh, wow. This is big. Wow. Browns quarterback Case Keenum is positive for COVID-19. Nick Mullen is in line to start. This, is ju- this just came down right now. Wow. And then Case Keenum practiced this afternoon. And he just tested positive for COVID-19. Whoa. This is this is, too much. I mean, and it <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter what you think that you know at 208. By 212, it could be different. So right now, two of the quarterbacks for the Browns are going to look like they're going to be out. Both Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. And it'll be down to Nick Mullins. And if I remember correctly, didn't Nick Mullins start against the Raiders that final Thursday that Thursday night football game, it was in uh, it was in Santa Clara. It was the final, really official battle of the Bay. That was a real game, and uh, Paul Gunther was still the defensive coordinator. Didn't Nick Mullins like light up the Raiders? I mean, he just lit them up. I swear that that was that game. I got to go back and check to make sure I'm right. But I almost promise you that that was Nick Mullins that was playing for the 49ers that lit them up. Yes, he
3: started a game in which the 49ers won 34-3. to That
2: was against Raiders, right? Yes. Thursday night football. Boom. That's what I thought. And that was. The, I remember I did a podcast after the game, and I said that Paul Gunther should have to walk his ass back to Alameda as bad as the defense played.
3: You know what's funny? Eddie Pascal just tweeted, don't sleep on Nick Mullins. And then that's why, that's why I was ready to have the
2: stats. Like, don't sleep on Nick Mullins? See? Well, let me see what he's done. See, He's like, oh, 34-3? Okay. See, it, there you go. <laughs> I was so angry at Paul Gunther because nobody gave Nick Mullins an opportunity. No one thought he was going to be worth the salt. And that dude just destroyed the Raiders. I mean, absolutely destroyed him. And, man, I'll tell you, I was so mad at Paul Gunther. I said, man, you need to go ahead and walk back to Alameda. That's all he needs to do. Someone needs to tell that dude that he, he don't even get to get on the team bus. He don't even get a ride back to the facility. Your stuff will be waiting outside. Remember what uh what, uh what what Beyonce said, to the left, to the left. Get your stuff to the left, whatever. Everything you own in a box to yeah! the left. <laughs> That's what I was saying that the Raiders should have told Paul Gunther after that game, man. Hey, by the time you get back to Alameda, everything you own in this building will be to the left. <laughs> Leave your key card at the door, bro. It ain't going to work.
3: 16-22, three passing touchdowns. That was his first start, too.
2: Thank you. Thank you for bringing up old stuff. <laughs> Thank you for opening that wound back he up. He went on
3: to lose the next three games.
2: <laughs> he was. I don't think he was that great, but he was great that night. He was great that night. I remember, I remember Raider fans saying, man, someone ought to trade for that Nick Mullins guy. <laughs> I remember that. He might be the guy. Man, that was Jimmy a, G might have lost his job. Man, that was... I want to say... Was that was that, that was Jimmy G time? Yeah, I guess it was. Jimmy it was, G time. Yeah. Why was Jimmy G out? Well, he had multiple injuries. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows what injury? I think that was the ACL, right? He tore his ACL in the first game. I think that's what that was. That's why Jimmy G was out. So anyway, well, I'm glad we have the guest that we have coming up on today's show coming up at two 30. Now that we got that news, Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com. He'll join the show. He's been covering the Cleveland Browns like a glove for a very, very long time. I mean, I'm talking decades. You know, he's been covering them for a very long time, so he knows that organization inside and out. He'll join us at 2.30 to give a preview of, of the game and give us an update on everything going on with the COVID. Because this is becoming almost a bigger storyline. I was, I mean, we talked to Steve Weiss about it yesterday about the game, and, and it's, it's so hard to get away from COVID-19 because that is becoming a bigger story than the Browns or the Raiders. I mean, it really is. It's like there's, you know, people say all the time, oh, well, this team can't win because they're playing the other team and the officials. Well, this is going to be one of those. The Raiders are going up against the Browns and COVID-19 and who knows who's going on out there. I mean, it's just, it's all kind of issues going on, but it's not really the Raiders going up against COVID-19. It's more like the Browns having to deal with COVID-19 and figure out exactly uh, who's going to be available in this game. So this is getting, feel like it's getting uglier before it gets better.
3: And then what I just thought about, well, isn't everyone who practiced for the Browns today shouldn't they be considered a close contact?
2: Right, everybody.
3: And, and I know that maybe it's like, oh, it's different for vaccinated players, but it's one of those, you know, by the way of transitive property, shouldn't you just assume that everyone who he came into contact with at practice, right, they need to have they need to have an immediate COVID test now?
2: I mean, they they definitely have to be. Uh, let's see, Browns have COVID nineteen positive results coming beyond Case Keenum. There you go
3: all right, we just, we got to wait.
2: Wow. <laughs> Let's just
3: wait another 10, 15 minutes. I and see it seriously, else comes out.
2: seriously, by the time and honestly, and I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating, I'm hoping this doesn't happen. I wouldn't be shocked if Tony hits me and said, Hey man, I got to push back a little bit. You know what I mean? Because everything going on. I mean, this is huge. This is huge news. So, we hope that we have Tony Grossi coming up at 2.30 from ESPNCleveland.com to give us the latest and the greatest with everything going on with the Browns. At 3 o'clock every single Thursday, we have my guy Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. He'll talk to us about Super Bowl coming to Las Vegas, how excited he is as a guy, as a Las Vegas resident, uh, as he knows what it'll do to the, the local economy here. And of course, I got to talk the landscape of the housing market here in Las Vegas with the, with Dustin because, well, that's what I do. I got to talk to him about that. I'm still on a mission to get my Scarface house. He knows it i know it everyone else knows it um zillow knows it because they send me emails every single morning about 1 a.m i don't know what they think about my sleep habits but they email me every morning at 1 a.m here's 10 homes we think you'd love not like 10 homes we think you'd love like they got me pegged to almost a t i promise you (laughs) damon eight out of ten of the 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 houses that they send me i like them all now there's only like a couple that i love and those are the ones that i always show you i'm like oh man Damon, look at this one but they they Zillow got me, they got me pretty good. I don't know what they think and how they figured me out so well, but they well, got you me. you own
3: the website so darn much. That's what. That's how they
2: got you figured Honestly, out. Honestly, I don't even go on it anymore because they send me so many I don't have to.
3: It's like, you know how the phone is, man. Like, for me, I had to buy a new bed frame. And now every website I go on, I don't care if I <laughs> open up Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's like, hey, don't this furniture look good? Oh, uh, yeah, just that's like, true. I, that's true. I already got the bed I want. How can I tell the, right? the internet, like...
2: I Already got it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. That's funny. That is funny. But you're right. You're right. I, I completely forgot about that. That does happen all the time. I just bought some radio equipment uh for the station yet last night. Matter of fact, and now when I popped up a couple a couple different uh websites, it was like, hey, you want this? No. At a good price. No. It's always a good price. No, you just got me for sixty bucks. I don't need any more. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, Dustin Dehart will join us at three o'clock. At three thirty, Paloma Villacana she joins us each week from Fox Five Sports. She'll give us the rundown, the latest, and the greatest when it comes to UNLV athletics. As uh, national signing day number one was yesterday, UNLV inked ten players, including a couple here locally. So we'll talk to her about that. Also, UNLV, the Running Rebels, the hoop team, they won their third straight last night, and uh, who knows if they're going to be if they're going to be having any games played soon because there's all kind of cancellations going on in college basketball. I mean, there's there's so much going on. And it's all COVID related. Matter of fact, we are about to give out some tickets. Literally. We were going to give out some tickets to the CBS classic going on here in, in uh, Las Vegas. It was going to be Kentucky and Kentucky and Ohio state. And then UCLA and North Carolina, UCLA and North Carolina. That game is still a go, but earlier today, Kentucky, they, uh, they canceled their game because of COVID. No, Ohio state, excuse me, Ohio state canceled it on their end because of COVID. And so that game got canceled. Ohio state, Kentucky, that's off. That was a big time college basketball matchup right there. And, Obviously, UCLA and North Carolina would be huge as well. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if the game's going to get played. UCLA, actually, they canceled their game last night because of COVID-19, so I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if they come to Las Vegas uh, knowing that they got COVID issues, but they might. Who knows? But, man, those were going to be two big-time games played, I believe, at the Thomas and Mac, and uh, that was going to be big time. So I was looking forward to that, but now we're not. Uh, we just got a tweet. From uh, Talk James said, DeMond just hit it on the nail. Forfeit is coming. We'll see. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't, they're, they're trying not to do any of that. They're trying not to have any forfeits. I don't think that that's going to happen, but they're going to try to get this game played. But, man, it's, it's massive. It is really massive. Let me see what Schefter says right now. This is crazy because it's just happening in real time. Uh, Shefty says, Browns quarterback Case Keenum has tested positive, leaving Nick Mullins in line to start. Uh, Baker Mayfield already has tested positive. Okay, so nothing new. But there's other players, according to multiple reports from the Browns as well, that are tested positive. It's just unbelievable. Man.
3: <laughs> Johnny Stanton, former UNLV quarterback, who is uh, now a fullback for the Browns. This might be his time to shine.
2: Oh, here you go. Sam and Ash text line 69187 <laughs> got hit up already. Mullins buried us so bad that he immediately got fer- ver- verified on his social media account after the game. Yeah, he did. I remember he destroyed the Raiders. That was so bad. That was such a bad performance. Got another text. How bad is it that the Browns could be without 18 players and their head coach and Raider Nation, myself included, are 100% sure we're going to lose on Saturday. That is bad. That is bad. And I, look, I've said it multiple times. I don't pass along this COVID news as I, as I'm looking at it as like a, a competitive advantage. But when you're down that many players, I mean, they're really, Steve White said it yesterday. The Raiders really don't have any business losing this game. They're one of the few teams, knock on wood, they're one of the few teams that is doing really well with COVID right now. Doing really well. They got Jalen Richard back, and really that was the only guy. they had. Jalen Richard was out, and Trent Sieg was out earlier. Both of those guys are back. So they're really doing great as far as COVID goes. All the rest of the teams across the league look like they have some kind of major issues. Look at the Bears. Three of their assistant coaches are 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 on the COVID nineteen list. Like all their assistant coaches outside of Matt Nagy. And, and nobody in Chicago even likes likes Matt Nagy. They all would <laughs> they would all sacrifice him.
3: Yesterday I was watching Sports Center and it was one of those, it was just a map, and it had like the team logo in their stadium or their city and with the number attached to like how many COVID like um positives that they have like in the building. Right. You didn't see it in Vegas and Seattle. Right. I think those were like yeah. the two I was like, Oh, I don't see Vegas or the Seahawks
2: up there. Good news. That's good news, and the Raiders got to keep doing everything they can to make sure that they're not on that list because, man, that's that's one that's one thing that they don't need to try to fight. They got enough issues that they're trying to fight. That's one issue that they don't need to fight, and they're doing a really good job with that. So that's the guest lineup that we have coming up on the show today. We'll continue to give you updates on uh, what's going on in Cleveland, and again, we'll be talking to Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com coming up at 2.30 uh, to get the latest and the greatest what's going on with the Browns. I really wanted to have him on to give a preview of the game, but... Hell, now he's going to have to give a preview of who could potentially be playing first before he could talk about the game. So we'll talk to Tony coming up at two thirty. A question that I wanted to throw out there to you on the Salmon Ash text line and also the Rare Nation listener line seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Salmon Ash text line is six nine one eight seven keyword R N R. And the reason I'm throwing this out there, let me go ahead and give the explanation before I throw the question out there. There's been a lot of conversations we've had it on this show, I've heard it on JT's show, I've heard it on the Morning Tailgate, I've heard it on Vinny's show about you know. Where where things were better as far as Raiders and, and, and where their location was, you know, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, whatever. There's been a lot of bickering back and forth about, you know, where who the better fan is and all this other good stuff. What stadium was better? You know, there's there's been a whole lot of that. So it got me thinking. What was it that caused you in the in general to become a Raider fan? Like straight up, what was it that made you become a Raider fan? Was it a city? Was it a player? Was it a winning tradition? I'm just being funny here. Was it a reporter or a radio host? I mean, what, what was it that caused you, that made you say, that's my team? And, I mean, there's no wrong answer because it's about you. But I want to know. I, I really do. Because I think that I think once we hear the answers, I think we'll all realize that what we're trying to do here and what we have been doing here is trying to unite, not divide. And I think once you start hearing the answers from Raider Nation, you'll realize wait a minute. We're going after each other. We're all in it for the same reason. We're all in it for the same cause. It's just win, baby. I know every Raider fan's not from Oakland. I know every Raider fan's not from LA. I know every Raider fan's not from Vegas. I can promise you there's a ton of Raider fans in Texas. There's chapters of Raider fans in Texas. There's tons of Raider fans everywhere. That's why Raider Nation is so awesome. Best fan base in sports, not in football, sports. I would have no problem arguing with anybody over that. Have no problem. But I think that a lot of people lose sight of we're not supposed to be dividing each other. We're supposed to be coming together. So 702-365-9200, and again, the salmon ash text line 69187, keyword r Who we got up first, Damon? Raider Reggie. Raider Reggie right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Hey,
0: Damon, you, you taking care of me because last night I got left hanging. Uh-uh. <laughs> anyway, look, man, uh, I'll, I'll address that question first off. I'm originally from Chicago. My family was straight-up Chicago Bears fans. But players like Jack Tatum, uh, Stabler, Kenny Stabler, those guys, just seeing how they play made me like them. And then and then later on, about four years later, I moved to Oakland. So I got closer to the guys that I really liked and saw the team and all of that, and then I became all-in Raider fan, but it started from me just knowing about a player and saying, like, just putting a hammer down on people, I, that's how football was, right? <laughs> I mean, it ain't like that now, obviously, we got a lot right. of players that getting pushed around on the Raiders, we'll talk about that later, but I, I got into it because of certain players, and, and then, obviously, once I moved to Oakland, I really got into them. Okay. But, uh,
2: I like it. Sounds I, good.
0: Real quick. The super meme, right? Y'all know the confused face meme everybody talk about, about the Raiders. Uh, my, my cousin, Callie Mark, he was the one that was on air when they picked. <laughs> okay, there I go, messing them up. Um, Cleveland Farrell. And he made that facial expression and put a oh, video on and walk that was my cousin. Okay. <laughs> and so he's in Texas and they got, like you said, a huge fan base out there. So people bickering and fighting over what stadium, all that is, is we losing, man. Losing expresses all the smell that you could you can find. As soon as you start winning, it covers it up, man. And I, I know once we start winning Things that get better. I wish we would more unite, knowing that we're in the situation we're in. But it is what it is. We, we we're uh, social media based mostly now. So <laughs> right, stand up Raider Nation. No matter what, win, lose, with tie, Raider Nation till I die.
2: All right, great stuff. Great stuff, Raider Reggie. You definitely appreciate that. And yeah, there you go. You started out in Chicago and you moved to Oakland. Good stuff right there. And then you got closer to the team, but you were already aware of the team and you were already a fan of the team because of the players. On the team, and those players on the team were badasses, and those badasses were winning games, and those badasses were bringing home trophies. Again, it goes back to what you just said: winning. Ruben in Vegas, you're up next. What's on your mind, my man?
1: very much, man. To answer your question real quick. Uh, born in Texas, I grew up in the 559. My uncle just told me about the history about the Raiders. I was born in '81, so we haven't had that much winning, but uh, just basically the history, man. And as a Vegas as a Vegas resident for the past eight years. I mean, I love them here, they're in my town now, my city, but as a history buff that I am, I prefer Oakland, that's where they were born, but hey man, we worldwide, that's what we call Raider Nation, we worldwide, there's Raider fans everywhere, I went to the Dallas Game, Thanksgiving game, man, and I met so many Raider fans from New Mexico, from Oklahoma, from Texas, we're just a worldwide fan base, so wherever they are, man, I mean, I love them here, that I live here, but as as a history buff, I prefer Oakland, that's where they were born, but man, we, we're just a global nation. That's my back. that's my core, man. The
2: Nation. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, Ruben in Vegas. And I'll tell you, man, as a guy from the Bay, as a guy from the town, I was probably one of the last people ever to even to you say, "Oh yeah, they're gonna go to Vegas." Like I was in denial. I was that guy. I was in denial to the end. I just knew that. Oh no, something's gonna happen. They're gonna stay in Oakland. I I, I was that guy. I never wanted to see them leave the Bay. I got nothing but roots in the Bay. I can do a whole show on me in Oakland, the city of Oakland. Hell, my mom went to Oakland Tech. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I've got, I can go through these stories on and on and on. I got family that are educators in the city of Oakland. I mean, I, I love that city. I was one of the last people to even get on board. But I realized what time it was and what was going on. So, yeah, as a history buff, like Ruben said, hey, man, the Coliseum was where it's at. There's probably nothing that's better than the Coliseum. But I've had ex-girlfriends, too, and I don't, I don't compare my, my wife to my ex that's not healthy. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, well, she's cool, but she's not as cool as her. You know what I mean? Like, you know, (laughs) she's not really that good looking. You know, three girlfriends ago, she was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, man, you got to stop comparing one to your ex. Your current to your ex. You don't want to do that. It's not healthy. But thank you, Ruben, for that. I know we got some more calls. Hold on. We'll get to you. We got Tony Grossi, ESPNCleveland.com. He's coming up next. He'll give us the latest rundown on everything going on with the Cleveland Browns. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course,
4: our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience. To train your body and train your brain.
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
2: Just saw a tweet right here from Mike Garafello from the NFL Network. I asked the leak official about the status of the Browns Raiders game. Still no indication it's going to be moved or canceled. Would take many more positives to get there so that's the latest and the greatest after finding out that case keenum has tested positive for COVID 19 and right now we have on the phone lines tony grossy from espn uh been covering the cleveland browns for like a glove for a very long time and tony we appreciate your time i know it's busy and crazy there uh in cleveland so uh with this latest hit case keenum and, and there's others coming i believe grant delpit maybe on the defensive side of things as well uh where are we with COVID and and, and do you expect any of these guys to come back for saturday
1: yeah, wow. This has all happened since I got in my car and left the Browns facility about wow. 15 minutes ago.
0: Uh,
1: I had rushed to file a story that was kind of encouraged that the Browns may get some players back uh, in time for the game. And by the time I got in my car and spoke to you, it looks like uh, all H has broken loose. <laughs> so it's obviously changing. It's fluid by the minute. I mean, literally. I've never seen a story change like this before, and it may change uh, by tomorrow morning. Yeah. So right now, yeah, right now the news for the Browns is very grim, uh, but. We'll see what
2: happens. Yeah, I mean, it could change by the time you get to wherever you're going. I mean, it's going so fast. <laughs> yeah. And the, the NFL has changed some of their protocols. And it sounds like to me just a gut feeling because they didn't really uh, layer it all out exactly what the, the restrictions were or what it took to get back. But it seemed like to me they were trying to make it so there's less restrictions to be able to get back onto the right. field. And, Tony, that feels like to me they just want to make sure these games get played.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we spoke to uh, Miles Garrett about – uh, let's see, it was about an hour and a half, two hours ago. This was before all this came down. And Miles did not practice today, but he worked on his own. And he made, a, he made a very curious statement out of the blue. He said, The guys are excited, but confused. And so stuff was going on an hour and a half ago. And he even said that they were, the Browns did not even test today before they took the practice field for the first time this week. And uh, what's happened since, I can't explain.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting right there. Again, we're talking with Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So it looks like Baker Mayfield might not go. Case Keenum looks like he's definitely out. So then it would be Nick Mullins, and Raider Nation knows Nick Mullins very very well. He carved him up when he was a member of the 49ers. Uh, if, if Mullins is the guy, how much does that change the game plan for the Browns moving forward?
1: You know, I don't think it changes it much. I thought it was going to be conservative with Case Keenum in there. Uh, Mullins uh, has never played for the Browns. He's been on their practice squad uh, since Baker Mayfield's original shoulder injury in week two or three. But he's familiar with the system, having played under Kyle Shanahan. There are a lot of parallels and similarities. But still... Um, You know, that's a reach to go in with your number three quarterback who hasn't played a game for you, uh, and expect to win. But in answer to your question, I don't think it would change the plan much.
2: Still be a very heavy of uh, the uh, dose of the run. The run game is going to be a lot, and of course, the defense is really where the Browns are hanging their hat on uh, this season. The the last time Case Keenum started, they got a win. It was on Thursday. It was against the Broncos, and it was about three hundred yards. The, I think the third string running back went for it. it was a it was a crazy game. It's just amazing, yeah. you know. But ever since that game, Tony, it's been a win, loss, win, loss, win, yeah. loss for the Browns. How concerned is are, are you about that, and how concerned should that team be when they're trying to battle for a, a, a playoff spot, and they're in it right now?
1: Yeah, they've been inconsistent, uh, and it's mostly been uh, mostly in the in that stretch you just described. It has been offensive inconsistency. The defense seems to have found itself and has be, become the strength here going down this playoff stretch, and they've played tremendous in the in the their division games which are so important and uh really won the game against uh, baltimore which was a huge win they had a touchdown in two of the, the division games for the browns the defense has scored touchdowns while the offense has sputtered so uh it, you know until this week with this covid stuff going on uh i thought they had found themselves in time uh to to really go down the stretch here in this tight division race. This Raiders game was extremely important because it's an AFC game Mm -hmm. for them. Um, They play Green Bay, the only non-AFC team in the next four games. So I felt things were kind of stabilizing and turning to the good uh, until, you know, this
2: happen. Right, exactly. This is one of those elements that you don't want to have the team have to go in and, and fight against. You know, it's one thing to go up against an opponent, it's another thing to go up against injuries, but COVID is a whole other animal and you hate for anybody to have to be suffering from it, uh, you know, like, these, like, like the league is. I mean, I've, I've never seen this much uh, craziness like this in the league. As far as nope. just the play on the field and the way that the AFC is still so bunched up, and we're talking about week 15, you've been covering the NFL for a very long time. Have you ever seen something this close, this kind of a race so close as far as as the playoffs are concerned
1: no and and it's been marred by not only the covid issues but uh, so many injuries perhaps as a result of the changes in the cba and 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 players just not practicing during the week even the ones who do make it to the games on sunday so many of them haven't practiced so you're filling in your practice week with guys who might not be playing and i think that's had a lot to do with the inconsistencies throughout the league. Uh, this is not your typical on any given Sunday right. kind of season, no. right? We all agree with that, and I and I think the COVID uh, and also uh, injuries as a result of the changes uh, in you know training camp and practice week and all that have have caused have caused it.
2: Talking again with Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And looking at the Browns' defense, I mean, you've got to talk about Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. They're a great one-two punch. They have 20 sacks combined between the two of them. How much have those two helped each other this season? We know Miles Garrett's an absolute stud. Clowney, he doesn't always get the sack numbers, but he's a hell of a player. But just the combination of those two, how much have they really uh, helped each other out?
1: Yeah, it's... and. Recently, in the last four games, it, it's really played out the way they envisioned. Where Clowney playing left end has helped Miles at right end uh, to, to kind of lessen uh, the uh, you know the double triple teams. But uh, he's still playing through a lot of that. Garrett has, and he's the one with 15 sacks. Mm-hmm. Clowney's been more more impressive in the run game, which is really What he's always been good at has just been obscured, you know, by the pass rush fascination. But to answer your question, uh, the last four weeks, really, it's come to fruition. And uh, Garrett had a a touchdown return, a, a, a hat trick, a strip sack, scoop up, and touchdown. So uh, that you can't do any better than that as a defensive player.
2: <laughs> no, no, you can't. And Miles Garrett, I remember him back at Texas A&M. He was, I mean, he was a fun player to watch then. I can only imagine how much fun he is to cover, just being as good as he is and just the athletic, I hate to say it, but athletic freak that he is because he's just so talented.
1: He is. And, and you know, you don't always see it watching the games on television. But if you're there and you can see everything, you know, in in one frame, he is constantly double-teamed and in hell. And he doesn't draw the holding penalties that he really deserves.
2: I believe it. I believe it. And Raider Nation right there is screaming Max Crosby. Max Crosby gets held quite a bit, and unfortunately that's the nature of the beast. A lot of players across the league don't get those holding calls, and we see it with Max all the time, and Miles Garrett gets it all the time as well. Again, we're talking with Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond Cotton's got a question for you.
3: Yeah, Tony, last year we saw with the Denver Broncos where they had to start a receiver who, like, who had played a little bit of quarterback in college. If the Browns, do you think that they have a contingency plan of who that might be? And could it be Johnny Stanton, former UNLV quarterback?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if Mullins, you know, Mullins would be first up at this point. But if you're asking who would be after him, actually, the emergency quarterback was Jarvis Landry, who's out with COVID. Right. And and now you're going down Johnny Stanton. Yeah, he was kind of like an option quarterback, I think. Uh uh, he's a 250-pound tight end now, full uh, <laughs> fullback, I'm sorry. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't even answer that question if, if he would be the guy in line. Uh, if this goes through and, and Keenum, in fact, you know, is out for this game along with Baker, uh, they're going to have to bring someone off the street, uh, a legit quarterback. I don't even know if they have time to do that. Considering all the COVID, you know, vaccination issues with players coming off the street, yeah, I don't know who who that would be to be honest with you.
2: I'll tell you right now, I just saw a report saying the Browns have 20 guys right now on the on the COVID list. That is that is incredible, Tony. It really is. And so I, I hate to say, you know, not thinking about COVID because that's obviously going to be a factor into the game. But uh, as far as just the action on the field, it's going to be cold. It won't be like it was last year, though, right? I mean, it was what, grapple mm-hmm. last year? I never even heard of that word yeah. until last year. Yeah. It won't be that bad, right? <laughs>
1: No, but it's going to be typical Cleveland December. Which uh, right now uh, uh, we had a warmer day today in the fifties. It's going to be closer to thirties uh, Saturday with the uh, precipitation, probably rain turning to snow, uh, especially since the kickoff is, is later than normal for you know an Eastern game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's not going to be conducive to throwing. It'll be similar to. Uh, last year which uh hey the Raiders had that big offensive line last year and that really won that game I thought
5: yeah
2: no it really did and that offensive line is not uh the same offensive line that's coming to town this oh, yeah. this year it's a uh, it's totally reconstructed they're still trying to find themselves so it should be interesting but uh final thing for you Tony as far as this game goes I think and, and I think you kind of answered it as well this game's going to be won or lost by one of these two teams uh in the trenches offensive line and defensive line what are your thoughts
1: yeah, I would think so. I'd like to know the official roster before I answer. Yeah, this. yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, if it, if it were uh, normal, even if it were normal without the COVID uh, casualties, I would I would say definitely yes because of the conditions. That's why the built the Browns were built this way. You know, with an one of the best offensive lines and and running games uh, for December football in Cleveland. So it was really tailored to what uh they believed in but their decimated losses uh, you know i don't know how that's going to play at this point
2: right and you know what you just made me you just kind of triggered me to re- remind me i wanted to ask you one more thing that offensive line i mean it is one of the best in football but it's hit with covet as well i mean how deep does that offensive line go as far as bodies that are are, are guys that you could really count on as far as the browns go
1: no, no team has seven really good offensive mm-hmm. linemen, right? And you're lucky if you have six. Right. The Browns are down to, what, eight, eight, nine, and ten, practically, because they got three backups that were scheduled to start for this game. And, and, and then you need two guys behind them, even in case something happens. So they've been decimated. They're, the only starters are the left guard, Batonio, and the center, J.C. Tredder. And and the other play, you know, they're missing uh, both their tackles, one by injury, their sixth man by injury, mm. and and then you're down to really seven, eight, and nine.
2: Man, it's going to be something. It's going to be interesting to see what is actually trotted out there on the field uh, you know, for the Browns and, and see what the Raiders are able to do as they're a team that needs a victory. But uh, this is going to be a hell of an interesting game for sure on Saturday. Tony, thank you so much for your time. I know things are consistently changing there, and who knows what the COVID number is like right now. But thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon
1: very well thanks for
2: having me absolutely there he goes tony grossy ESPNCleveland.com, cleveland.com at tony grossy on twitter been covering the browns for a very long time and that's just it demond we just have no idea who's going to be out there i mean he's talking about being the, i mean the offensive line again i think this game is won and lost in the trenches regardless what team whatever team it is raiders or browns they're down to like eight nine and ten on their offensive line i mean that's i mean as as we know by covering the raiders you don't have a lot of depth on your offensive line. You have guys that can go out there and be bodies, but you don't have guys that are dudes. You know what I mean? And 8, 9, and 10, those are barely even warm bodies. Those are more just like there. They're,
1: <laughs> they're exactly. just numbers.
3: And then the scariest part is you're just praying that no one even like tweaks an ankle to even miss like a
2: few right. plays. Right. 8, 9, and 10 don't even have their names on the back of the jersey. You know, you know when you know back in the, in the day when you know like you'd see someone run into the game be like, "Oh, he don't even have a number on his. He just got his jersey." That's what they are. 8, 9, 10. They don't even have their names on their jersey. 2.45 is the time. Many thanks to Tony Grossi from ESPNCleveland.com, giving us the best kind of rundown he can for this game. It's hard to do because you really don't know who's going to be out there. But many thanks to Tony for joining us. Uh, Got a lot of texts and some good callers that we want to get to as we close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness, Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q.
2: 249 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness coming up at the top of the hour. Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans will join us. Many thanks to Tony Grossi for joining us in the last segment. Uh, throughout the question at the top of the show, what was it that caused you to be a Raider fan? Was it a city? Was it a player? Was it winning tradition? Was it the colors of the team? What was it that made you ultimately... Fall in love with the silver and black. Uh, got a really good text from uh, Raider Dwayne in the 530. Uh, family is what got me into bleeding silver and black since 1975. Uh, got another text. The first time I watched Bo Jackson play when I was 10 years old, I was hooked. My dad wasn't too happy because he's a Colts fan. That's from Raider Ryan. Uh, another text was born into the Raider family. My grandpa went to school with Daryl Lamonica and was great friends and became a Raider fan as soon as he joined the team. Before my grandpa passed away, he used to show me pics of the two hanging out. That's from Kevin. P.S. Y'all already know Kansas sucks, majorly. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Q and Big D. That is the joke that'll never, ever, ever go away. I love it. Thank you so much for that, Kevin. We uh I didn't
3: want the smoke, okay?
2: Hey man, we appreciate that uh, that text for sure. 702-365-9200. That five ninety two hundred. That is the Radio Nation Listener line. Let's go on out and talk to our guy. Two eleven. What's on your mind, my man?
4: What's up, fellas? Hey uh, to answer your question, man. Uh growing up I was uh, you know, my first uh first generation American, man. My my mom worked hard. Uh she worked at a thrift shop. She came home at about when I was about four or five years old with that uh that classic NFL sheet that has all the logos on it, and that uh, you know, I yeah, that pirate just caught my eye, man. And uh, ever since then, I never looked back. And then growing up, learning the history, and then my first, you know, rap band CD I bought was NWA, so they glorified that nice. even more for me. And then growing up in the Bay, banging, kind of at least gang bang. But thank God I grew up, you know, out of that. Yeah, that was you know, it was an, it was that that OG appeal, you know, that gangster mm-hmm. appeal too. So. But then knowing what Al did for so many minorities and what he stood for was just like that really took it you know took it over the top for me especially you know first Hispanic coach first Hispanic coach that's why the uh, Flores thing is huge for me you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. that's what got me going now I I got I got like my son's hardcore it's a family thing now man it's like I I always say it man it's a lifestyle yep as far as uh. Man, I was at that game Thursday, bro. Let me tell you something. Me and my son went to that Thursday game <laughs> versus the Niners. I call them the clowns across the bay, man. And let me tell you something, man. You know how we razz people in the town at the Coliseum? Yes, sir. And, uh, ain't nothing like the. Let me go real quick. Go back to another thing you were talking about the Coliseum, man. It, I mean, I'm not gonna say what was better because I wasn't in L. A. When I, I was born in L. A., but I was raised in the Bay. I was raised in the East Bay. Right. And let me tell you something. The East Bay is. The Raiders are East Bay, sure. and I don't care if they're gone. The Niners ain't never going to take over all that territory. The, the Raiders are the East Bay, and the East Bay is Raiders. Let me tell you something. That's one place you can go to, and it didn't. It didn't matter if you are Blood of Crips, Southern or South. You know, it didn't matter. We all meshed in there, and we all tailgated next to each other, and it that I meant that was the spot right there. And I can't speak on other ones if it was better or not, but that that you ain't never going to get rid of that DNA, and that's why it's Raider Nation. Like a lot of callers have been saying. But uh, going back to that, man, man, that Mullen thing was disgusting. Walking out of there, the way we ras fans, man, let me tell you something. I got a taste of our own medicine. And let me tell you, man, I ain't no punk. Walking out of there with my head high, but not being able to say anything because the team didn't do squat, that was rough. That was really
2: Thank you for the call, my man. You're right. You're right about that. I remember that game like it was yesterday, man. I was still in Texas at that time. But, man, that was a rough one. I was excited because it was Thursday night football. Last battle of the Bay officially before the Raiders were leaving the Bay. And, man, it turned out to be, well, you know how it turned out. It was awful. Like I said, I fired Paul Gunther myself. I say he need to uh, he need to walk on back. He needs to like brother Lynch hung, He's gonna strike to his funeral. He needs to strike to the uh, Alameda, uh, you know, the facility there and go pick up his last check and get on out of there. That's that's what I basically say. I couldn't. That was such a disgusting performance. That's why. Yeah, man. Nick Mullen starting on Saturday. If he does in fact start for the Browns, don't get caught slipping on that guy. That guy can make things happen. As far as the him, I'm with you. I love and I've never been to a Raider game in LA. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But I was a Raider fan. When they were in L.A., I was like, okay, cool, it's the Raiders, that's cool. You know, I know they're originally from Oakland, that's awesome. I was a Raider fan, but when they came back to Oakland, I mean, it was on and popping. I I had a girlfriend at the time whose dad went so hard in the paint for the Raiders, so hard in the paint. He was like, ain't nobody walking in this house without being a Raider fan. And it was like, let's go. We ratcheted it up even more. And I was one of those guys because of how I looked. It wasn't really blending with the family, you know what I mean? We didn't all look the same, but I was good. I was good because what we did have in common was like Two Eleven just said. We, re- we shared the patch. We shared the patch together, so it was all good. Because at first, it was a little suspect. Like, I don't know about this bro coming through the door. But because he shares that patch, he all right with me. This this is
3: giving me the vibes of a bad commercial. Where
2: it's <laughs> like, yeah, man, if you're a fan, your family type deal. Hey, dog, I'm telling you, man, you know, I'm a guy that sees no color. That doesn't always work well with everybody and their father. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. A lot of my bros out there understand what I'm talking about. You're from Pahrump, so you probably don't understand what I'm talking about because everyone probably gets along there. I don't know. I ain't been there yet, so I I can't really speak on that, so I probably shouldn't say nothing. But when I came up to the door, they thought I was the Kirby man, but instead I was there to see the daughter. It wasn't really that good. I did become the Kirby man later. Another story. Let's go back, hustle out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Tony. What's on your mind, Tony?
5: Hey, what's going on, guys? I was born and raised... Right here in Las Vegas, I was seven years old, and I would—they would have these things called football. NFL would have these things called the football follies, where they would show videos, yes. and you know, back in the day, which was great. I was laying down, six years old, watching the Raiders nineteen seventy, watching the follies nineteen seventy six. They were showing highlights of these guys. A, a, a bus pulls up at the Oakland Coliseum, an old silver bus. You got two guys come up. They put names with the faces: uh, Skip Hicks, uh, Otis Sistrunk. These guys got. Feathers in their fedoras and meat <laughs> coats on, walking off the bus. And the third guy who comes out, white guy, long hair, hair all in his face. Put the name to that face is Kenny Stabler. Mm-hmm. I'm laying there on the floor as a six year old, like, oh my god, who are these dudes? You know, when when I was growing up here, man, the '70s '70s was all about cool. You were either a Raider, Steeler, Cowboy, or Niner fan. That was it. You had to choose. One of those teams, and man. I tell you, when I saw those guys play in that '76 Super Bowl against Minnesota, and the way Jack Tatum and Atkinson and those guys were laying Sammy White and Amari Rashad and those guys out, that did it for me, man. I was in love. From then on, I, jo- I joined military from here. I was in the military for thirty years. I don't care where I was. I would go see the Raiders in London. I would go see the Raiders in Tennessee. I would go to see the Raiders in Seattle. I would go to see the Raiders in Dallas. Man, you had Raider fans everywhere. Even going back to the Marcus Allen and mm-hmm. uh, days when they were when they went to the Super Bowl against the Redskins, guys they don't even talk about Dan McElroy, the safety number twenty six. Those guys would give up their bodies and soul to put you out. Yep. You know, and I, and I, and I fell in love with that stuff, man. Just I I, I got a military in twenty eighteen. Doing the Raiders are going to move back to my hometown. I moved back here, bought a house here, man. Got season tickets. Uh, the only game I have missed so far was the first game against Baltimore because I was in uh, Virgin Islands for my birthday. And I'll tell you what, we we had to find a bar that Monday night to watch the game. <laughs> Walked to this bar, 80% Raider fans. We're in the U.S. Virgin Islands, man. Nice. It doesn't get any better than that, man. So, you know, yeah, we're struggling right now. Uh, it's bad for uh, us older guys. You know, we're yearning for some winning. We're trying to be patient. It's very hard, but we're going to always stick with our team because they've given us so many good moments that no other team in the NFL could even dream about, you know, doing the things that the Raiders have brought to us and the uniqueness. And like the guy before me said, the hiring of the first African-American, even Amy Trask, first female executive, Tom Flores, you know, Jim Pluckett, uh, Native American. I mean, we're so unique. You, You can't ever let go. I'm a Raider for life, man. Thank you guys for uh, having
2: my call. Absolutely. Tony, thank you so much for your call. Thank you for your service, my man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And, again, thank you for your service. We appreciate you. I love how you followed the silver and black no matter where you were around the world. Not around the country, not around the city, not around the state, but all around the world. That is awesome, Tony. I do appreciate that call. That is great. I can hear the passion and, and energy and, and, and just all of that in your voice, man. And so I definitely thank you for that call. And that's why I'll go to my grave and tell you that the Raider Nation is the most passionate fan base in sports in general. Not just football. But in sports. 2.58 at the time when we come back. Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans. He'll join us. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.